podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters of spooky Bosco boys. The boys are back, and I tell you what, folks, I listened. I, I I know some folks like to think I have an ego, but I listen to the people who tweet about the show. One of everyone's favorite episodes during Blitz Month was this man. He is the Hall of Famer. He is the voice of the Wildcats, and I tell you what, I think he knows just a little bit about the basketball team as well because for all those iconic calls we've heard during football season over all these years, I can think about just as many in the octagon of doom and that is Wyatt Thompson Wyatt thank you for coming back we're gonna talk about football here and or basketball here in a little bit but we, we just talked probably for about 15 minutes before I hit record about this magical football <laughs> season going on uh first off was that just the perfect time for a bye week and how much are you looking forward to getting down to Fort Worth for this massive matchup between the two purple teams at the top of the big 12 well first of all let me say thanks again for having me on I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first time and I'm pretty sure we'll, I'll enjoy this one too we're, we're talking about a, a hot football team and basketball starting so how do you go wrong with that right um, was the bye week perfect yes uh, from a standpoint of needing the physical break and the mental break I don't think there's any question about it that was one of the first things that coach Kleiman said after the big win in Ames a couple of weeks ago. And I'm so excited for this matchup with TCU because you have a, a K state team that, that certainly has exceeded expectations outside of the walls of the K state nation, I would say against TCU who has probably done the same. Honestly, I think a lot of people thought that, you know, they would have a representative football team, but I don't know that anybody thought that they would be six and zero at this point and ranked and, and regarded as highly as they are and just have beaten a really good Oklahoma state team. So yeah, strap it in, buddy. This, this could be a really good one. <laughs> it, yeah. And, and as we talked about beforehand, it really is going to be, you know, a, a clash of, you know, offense versus defense. As we were talking, we both pulled up some different stats and I think it's pretty fair to stay no, ma no matter or say whatever you look at K-State is probably the premier defensive squad right now in the Big 12, and TCU is probably the premier offensive style in the Big 12 right now. How much fun is that, not only just from calling the game, but from a football fan uh, you know, perspective, seeing you know, it's the immovable object versus the brick wall? You know, I, you know, It's really what college football is all about. I agree with that assessment uh, 100%. You know, K-State has really done a nice job this year defensively. I, I don't know that Joe Klanderman gets probably the the accolades that he really deserves. When you think about the last couple of years since K-State has gone to the 3-3-5 defensive alignment, they have they basically allowed less than 20 points a game. And in 2021 and 2022 college footballs, uh, that, that is remarkably good. Um, they, they've done really well against the rush. They've got after the quarterback. They're playing a lot of guys. Uh, so a lot of storylines there. But they'll have their hands full with TCU because they've got an experienced quarterback. They run the football. I think that will be one of the real things. It's easy to say that as a key, but in this particular case with the way they run it, you better slow it down some. And K-State has done that against them before and that's put a little bit of pressure on max duggan and i'm very hopeful that uh, that we can do that again let's see yes i i'm right there with you it will be a third straight road game that is you know a nighttime game i think there's probably going to be plenty of k-state fans traveling down from kansas like i am and there's so many of them in the metroplex it's a battle for the color purple, but TCU going all black uniform. So I think they're kind of seeding that to, you know, the good guys in Manhattan, Kansas. So I can't wait for that one. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit of basketball as well, because I wanted to get you on to help preview this game before we do real quick. 
They did a beer for Connor Riley. They did a beer for Coach Tang. This show is brought to you by Manhattan Brewing Company. Peek behind the curtain. We're doing this Monday morning. So I'm not drinking any of their pumpkin beers as we're recording, but it's my favorite pumpkin beer in the entire world. Get down to Manhattan Brewing Company today and tell them you want a beer brewed specifically for the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. <laughs> so tell them that they need a Wyatt Thompson beer as soon as you can. So uh, well, I think it's, per- I got to just interrupt you if you don't mind and say, I, I'm really excited for Connor to have his own beer like that. How cool is that? Well, and it got mentioned during one of the broadcasts, and, and yeah. I was talking to some of my friends. So uh, I, I wasn't able to stick around after the uh, Texas, or yeah, after the Texas Tech game. I uh, I had an unfortunate. Uh, I'm not going to even call it a tailgate injury. I have the world's worst ankles. I rolled my ankle up pretty bad walking towards the stadium over by by the vet med. So I was hobbling all the way to the stadium, <laughs> hobbling back afterwards. But there's a lot of K-State fans, a lot of boneheads who were in Manhattan Brewing Company after that Texas Tech game. And who walks in but Connor Riley, you know, holding court with all the fans right there amongst them. He has his own, I think it's a double IPA. Uh, I think it's awesome. And, you know, Coach Tang, I think I can't remember what type he had, but he had his own one as well. And those guys, I I think at least one of the former or one of the owners is a former football player. It's a great spot. Downtown points has totally over the last 10, 15 years just exploded. You know, I have a lot of love for Aggieville, but when I'm coming in before and after the game, I'm right at Manhattan Brewing Company and right there in downtown points. I tell you what. Yeah. And I'll even make this prediction. I wouldn't be too surprised if a year or two down the road, Coach Tang may have two beers in that place. What do you think? <laughs> hey, I, I think I think that's true because I'll say this. I had Marco Bourne and uh, Kevin yeah. Sutton on last week. And one of the first questions I asked each of them was, why why did you decide to come to K-State? Because both of them, again, uh, Marco was an associate head coach at Alcorn. Kevin Sutton, I think, was second on the bench at Florida Gulf Coast, or he might have even been the associate head coach as well. And on paper, it's it's a title demotion for both of them. Uh, but I think they have so much of a role at K-State after talking to them. But I asked them, so wh- why were you so ready and willing to come? And each of them emphatically said, because of Coach Tame, they said that once they got the offer, did not even think about it. And I've heard... Uh, all the assistant coaches on doing different media. And that seems to be the story for each one of them. And with a staff that is so widely praised, everyone in the basketball world, each hire that was put out, the press release by the great folks at K-State, you know, best press releases in the world. They go out and what happens, the entire college basketball, the whole grassroots high school basketball gushing over the hires. It's all because of Coach Tang. So what is it about him and his personality that has brought this elite coaching staff to Manhattan, Kansas? I, I guess I would answer it like this. His personality uh, and his excitement about life, family, the Lord, basketball is off the charts. Um, everybody feels it, sees it. I mean, think about I'm just being honest about this. I think he has turned the city of Manhattan and maybe even to a degree the state of Kansas on their ear since he's been here. And he really hasn't been here when you think about it all that long. But he is a tireless worker. He's so enthusiastic. Uh, for his age, he's he's perfect for social media. I think that's a really big thing now. Um, I, I've even tried to be better uh, because I'm not good at it necessarily. Uh, but he and his staff are all over it. And it has helped them grow the, the excitement uh, for this upcoming season, as as we talk here, Bud, you know this. We're we're just two weeks away from playing an exhibition game, so uh, it's time to roll. I can't wait. He's been incredibly good, incredible. Yeah, that that exhibition game versus my hometown, Washburn Ichabods, and then uh, <laughs> opening up, I, I believe, versus uh, University of Texas Rio Grande Valley the following Tuesday. Um, it, it is going to be here before you know it. Um, modern college basketball. This isn't anything new. You basically have to rebuild almost from zero anytime there's a coaching change. Um, I think some K-State fans were a little bit in shock of it when it happened, but you look around, it happened at LSU, happened at Missouri, a lot of uh, very similar type of situations all across the country. But you have Marquise Noel, and you do have Ish Masood coming back on the roster. How important is it for those two guys to kind of help shepherd in this new era of K-State basketball? I think it's even hard to quantify, Scott, to, to be real honest with you. I go back to the the late spring and the catbacker season for us, which was shorter than normal. 
but we were out there two and three stops a day for two weeks, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And the excitement for the basketball and listening to those coaches, not just Coach Tang, but Yurik or whoever it might have been with us, they talked a lot about those two players and how much they helped, too, in selling K-State to all of the people that came in. Name the newcomer, but they had a role in that. And I just love that part of this story because they were the ones that decided to stay. They could have gone to and left the cupboard totally bare, but they believed in Coach Tang and what was potentially going to happen here. And man, have they worked hard with it, whether it's, you know, being out on campus with the students, going to grade schools, helping recruit a guy like Naquan Tomlin as, as one example. Uh, they've been extraordinary. And in addition to that, they've also become better basketball players since the end of last year, too, with with a lot of hard work, a lot of weight room effort. Uh, so if you're a K-Stater, you should be, and I'm sure you are, very proud of Ish Masood and, and Marquise Noel. Those guys are awesome. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned weight room. Uh, I wish there would have been kind of one of those old school infomercial before and after pictures of Ish Masood, especially yes. uh, yep. before this new staff and now after. Uh, it's insane to see his transformation. And, but I do want to specifically ask about Marquise uh, because it, we all saw what he could do on the on the court last year. I think he, especially once he got his feet underneath him, really showed what he could do on the floor. W- were there some, you know, moments where, hey, you know, you scratch your head, yes, but that's the type of player he is because he had the highlights. But now we're seeing him, at least from the outside looking in, as being this leader, being not just, hey, I'm the point guard, I'm part of this team, but being the guy who is going to be on the media guide. He's going to be in Kansas City. He's trying to teach these guys and bring all this entire team forward. What have you seen from him specifically as a leader? And you mentioned it. It's probably going to elevate him as a basketball player on the floor as well. Well, let me compliment you and what you said and how you said it, because you said it a different way than I've been saying it, but yet there are similarities there. And and what I mean by that is if you know Marquise and his work ethic and his, (laughs) his makeup as a person, you know, the heart over height thing, um, he firmly believes in that. And I have said over and over and over, kind of in a different way, but what you said, there are things that we saw him do on the basketball floor last year that most guys can't do because of his quickness and his abilities. Yeah, he'll take an occasional bad shot, but who doesn't? Yeah, he'll make a turnover, but he'll also make a spectacular pass or what have you. The the good totally outweighs the bad, right? And he's I think everybody looks at what he did a year ago in in terms of the scoring and that, but let's remind everybody watching this and listening to you, how good he was defensively last year. He was one of the better defenders in the league and at five, eight, 160. Wow. That says a lot. He's just, he's dynamite in a small package. In my opinion, I I love the kid. I, I truly do. Yes, and I I can't wait to see what happens because he has the ability to play on ball. And and I think, you know, at least outside looking in, I think there's going to be a lot more guys and maybe just one other player who can make their own shot, get their own shot. And I think with guys like Cam Carter, he's going to be able to play off the ball as well. So I think we're going to see a lot of the same old Marquise, but we're going to be able to see him unlock something new on the court as well. How excited are you to see that development, not only with him, but just in the backcourt as a whole, where uh, maybe you you don't, you probably do not have a borderline All-American like we saw leave for Miami, but you see a lot more guys who can probably get their own shot, who can maybe play defense a little bit better to go with them. What what do you think we're going to see from that backcourt this upcoming season? You know, what I've been saying to to most people when I'm, interviewed in these type of circumstances is that I I think what you'll like about this group is the fact that you have a deeper team, a longer team, a more athletic team. And I think you have, and maybe this is the most important part, a group of guys who can play multiple positions. And I think that will really help. 
I, I think I mentioned Naquan Tomlin a while ago. I think he's the perfect example here, Scott, because he's 6'10", he's left-handed, he hasn't played a lot of basketball, but that doesn't mean he can't play. <laughs> and, it, and I think he is one of those guys that as he grows and gets more confident, um, you will see him do exceptionally well. I, I just feel like this, the ceiling is very high for him because of his athleticism. He shoots the ball out to 20 feet. He, he's a good passer for a man his size. And I think that's the point. There are a lot of guys on this team. I think Keontae Johnson can play multiple positions. You know, Tyke Green, the same. You know, I don't want to start naming everybody because that's probably what I'll end up doing. But you get the point. It's um, it's a team that I think will have some versatility to it. It's almost like you're reading my outline. I like where your head's at because uh, Tomlin, he, he, I think when folks are listening to this, it'll be on the day of the Big 12 media kickoff at T-Mobile Center. And he's mm-hmm. going to be one of those players who are going to represent K-State. Uh, of course, Marquise Noel, we, we talked about him. That's That makes sense. Keontae Johnson, a guy who's going to have NBA draft scouts in the octagon of doom this uh, you know fall, winter, and spring. That makes sense. But Naquan Tomlin is a guy who's only played three years of organized basketball, all of them at the junior college level. Um, he is built like a freak, just like you said. I think K-State fans saw their first little glimpse of it in that little teaser for the intro video, what he can do handling the ball and elevating <laughs> and throwing it down. Um, how great of a story is it? Um, you know, growing up, uh, not playing high school ball, just on a whim ending up on, in a you know junior college basketball program, and now he's in the premier conference in the entire Big 12. Well, think about what you just said and how late he started with the game and now put into perspective in his two years of actually playing in his three years um, at Chipola, he was a thousand point scorer and his team went 53 and 11. (laughs) I think it shows you that he is very explosive or has the potential to be. And again, we go back to those multiple positions. I'm not kidding at all. When I say this, it wouldn't stun me at all if he doesn't play some two guard. Now think about that matchup uh, with, with regardless of who it might be in maybe the best basketball conference in the land. So there are a lot of things that I think you have, you have to like about him and as he continues to grow and get more confident. And, and, and of course they're, they're coaching the heck out of him, much like what we talked about with, with Marquise and, and ish part of the reason I think those guys will be better is because you know, I think the reins are off to, to a degree there. Go go get it. Play fast, play smart, play confident, all of those kind of things. I, I think that's uh, kind of been drilled into them on a daily basis here lately. Yes. Um, the entire fan base, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, uh, was nervous. I, I, I'm, I'm going to raise my hand. I was nervous as well when you look at the speed of how they filled the scholarship spots. Um, I, I think it was Coach Tang very early on. In his tenure, he went on a podcast, Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, and John Kurtz. And he mm-hmm. said, hey, we're we're not going to rush the portal. We're not going to overreact. We are going to fill it with guys I know I can win with and that I, I'm I, – I, go, people go back and listen to it. I don't want to misquote Jerome or Coach Jerome Tang. But he, he said, hey, we're going to be patient in the portal. And I think one of the biggest pickups was Keontae Johnson. That was one of the last pickups in all of college basketball. How important was it for them to get every piece right and kind of wait and then boom, the, the final piece is the uh, you know big firework of the entire class. How, how much confidence does that also say in their ability to create a team almost from ground zero? Well, it, it's a wonderful question. And I think it covers a lot of ground here, Scott, to be honest. And, and I, I want to stress here that when he talked about not just grading the portal, I, I think – um, and and I, I don't want to put any words in Coach Tang's mouth either, but I think in visiting with him and the staff, it was really important to get young people that were the type of people that they are and, and fitting in that way, maybe first and foremost. You know, he has said from the get-go that when you come here to compete at Kansas State, it's just not a two and a half, three, four, five hour a day deal, you know, we're with you for the duration and probably for the rest of your life. If, if you want us to be involved with your life, I mean, they really care about the guys. I know it sounds a little bit corny, 
but but think about all the things they've done as a group. <laughs> and, and I think they continue to do that. And, and it's, if you're a young man and you know that regardless of how you perform, they're going to always care about you first and foremost as a person. Um, it's pretty easy to kind of ratchet it up a little bit. Don't you think? I mean, and, and I just think that's an extraordinary thing. You've seen these guys have a boatload of fun. You've seen them work extremely hard. Now the fun part comes where you get out there and, and there's different competition as opposed to just pounding on everybody in practice. And, and we're getting closer to that. And that's a, that's a great thing. I would imagine that two of the guys who are ready to go against someone else except or versus just pounding each other's heads is Colbert and Bebe. Again, you yeah. might have to give me, you might have to give me the, the correct pronunciation. I'm going to go with the nickname until I hear it, you know, on your broadcast a few times, but those big guys, uh, if you, if you go back and look at what they've done so far, you have one guy who is a, you know, borderline five-star prospect who, you know, just didn't get it figured out at LSU, didn't get on the floor a bunch. And then you have someone else who has been an all-conference performer at a mid-major level, mm -hmm. someone who has all that experience and is truthfully a rebounding machine, one of the most efficient offensive rebounders in the entire game. How are those two guys going to give K-State fans something that maybe they haven't seen in a while at that five position? Wonderful question again, Scott. And I think if, if you don't mind, I'll start with the younger guy there because of the higher rating that you talked about in Jarrell Colbert. He's he's 6'10". Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess he's around 235. I haven't really looked at an updated roster from Tommy here lately. But I, I think what you're going to see is a guy for that size who's pretty athletic and just scratching the surface of what he could potentially be as a basketball player. I mean, I, I'm looking at a chart here. He played one year at LSU. And let me finish that thought. One year at LSU. That sounds like quite a bit, right? He played 27 minutes of basketball. That's not very much. That's just a little over one half of a game. So he's still learning. He's growing. He's getting better. He's getting more confident. Lots of things there. Bebe, as you say, and, and, and that's probably, I think, what he wants to be called for the most part. Hey, that um, works because I, I mean, yeah. over some of the names we, we've had, you know, I, I think I, I eventually got there with Daniel Matter Bebe, but that took uh -huh. me a while. So if he wants to go by Bebe, I will call him that all <laughs> season long. Don't you worry. Yeah. Well, it's Bebe is easier to say than a Miami, right? And Egiola is not too hard uh if you practice it a little bit i mean we we all had to practice daniel imator bebe right to to say it correctly just like sione fine Fiuiaki at oklahoma state if, if you don't practice it you're not going to say it correctly right but uh man he's a terrific young guy and I, I the way you described him i think is perfect he's really athletic he's a rebounding machine i love his effort above everything he is a warrior on the floor just in terms of how hard he plays. So I think at the five spot, you're looking at with Bebe, a guy who has a great deal of experience, and then Colbert, who has a lot of ability, but is still learning and getting better by the minute. <laughs> so I, I think those two guys are going to be fun to watch at a position where last year, as you know, K-State struggled so mightily to get, to get anything going there. I, I think we're a lot more optimistic about that position this year. For sure. So before Keontae Johnson came in, Cam Carter was really the name K-State fans really gravitated towards. Maybe not as extreme as Drell Colbert. He, he played a, a little bit more at Mississippi State. And when you go back and look, I think it's the Alabama game specifically where he got most of his time. He really did show that ability. But again, it's one of those blue chip type prospects who still has so much to unlock, whether or not it's as a six man or in the starting lineup. We have him for three years. Uh, what what do you think K-State fans can expect from him this year? And not to put too much projection, but he's another one of those guys who, if he hits his potential, he can go up, you know, next to a lot of those great, you know, combo guards K-State has seen basically in the Bob Huggins era to present. Well, he is an explosive athlete and, and another young man who has played sparingly, albeit more than, than, obviously Jarrell, which is a bonus. But again, learning a new system here, uh, from what I've seen from him so far, you do have a pretty explosive athlete who can do a lot of things. I, I believe the ceiling is very high for Cam. Uh, 
He's a confident young guy, which I, I think that's to me up and above me. The athleticism is, uh, I, I love those guys that, that feel like they belong. And I, I think he is one of those guys. And, and I don't want to sit here and profess that I've watched every single day, but in the time that I've been over there, he, he does compete <laughs> and he is athletic and he's six, three and probably about 185, 190 pounds. So he, he's a really good looking basketball player. And, and you said it, I, I think the cool part is, is this guy still has three full years of basketball play as excited as I am for this 22, 23 year. Think about what he's going to be like a year from now or two years from now. That's, that's where you get excited. Yes. And the, the recruiting again, I, I don't know if you follow fall under the same umbrella of not being able to mention uh, yeah. recruits until I sign. So I, I won't make you mention that, but I'll just say <laughs> this, when you look at, the guys, the, the current high school guys who are verbally committed and you start to kind of daydream a little bit of, okay, you know, this is going to be a fun year. You have a potential NBA guy in Keontae Johnson. You have Marquis Noel for his final year and a lot of these other players. But you start thinking, oh, man, you know, 23, 24, 24, 24. Cam Carter's senior year with some of these guys. I mean, you know, I, I think good times are here to stay in Manhattan when, when you're talking about, you know, the backcourt play uh, for Jerome Tang's basketball team. Well, again, going back to Coach Tang on that, and you're right, I can't mention players by name, but I can say things like this. They have two four-stars and a really good three-star guy committed already for next year. <laughs> so I think that tells you a lot about, you know, what they're doing on the recruiting trail, and they're far from being a finished product. Um, you know, that they're out there constantly, and they are – I mean, just the young people they've brought to campus to this point has been a very impressive list. And and they're kind of just getting their feet wet, really. So, uh, yeah, if, if you know anything about those young men that are committed for next year and, and you're not excited, you better get excited because they can really play, really play. Yeah, I, I got two more questions before we end with some uh, fun ones. Uh, Tyke Green is another guy who I had Curtis Kelly on back in the offseason, and he talked about how this guy just has a, a body that I, I think he could maybe, you know, moonlight is maybe a linebacker, you know, just, you know, shadow okay. Daniel Green, just in case we need someone, you know, in Arlington that first Saturday in December, maybe, I don't know, although there's a pretty big basketball game that, that same Saturday, uh, but he is just built like he is ready for the grind that is this basketball season. And then we finally got Desi Sills reports are that he he's finally made it to Manhattan after completing his undergraduate degree as well. Uh, so obviously Desi has a lot of time to make up and luckily, you know, it's a, a little bit, two and a half months before that first game versus our old friend, Bob Huggins for conference play. But, you know, those two guys uh, combining with the guards we already talked about, uh, this could be a, just one of the better defensive teams we've seen, you know, in, in a long time. And, you know, you have the Doberman defenses of the Frank Martin era. Bruce Weber had some pretty damn good defenses as well. Uh, that's where I'm buzzing. I think they'll get their buckets, but I think those two especially, they're going to partner with Marquise. And I would not want to be a guard in the Big 12 going up against this team. Well, here's the thing about the two guys that you're asking about now in, in Tyke Green and Desi Sills, and I think this is really important. I hope people don't under underplay this. These guys both are senior transfers that have played a lot of basketball. Regardless of level, I think we understand now that there's really good basketball played at the mid-major level. And when you watch Tyke Green, um, you're going to really like him. He is built I've been to a couple of practices where it looked like for a little while, he was the best guy on the floor. Just to give you an example, Desi's a guy that think about this. He's made 129 career threes. He's taken 878 career shots and he's an 1100 point scorer. That's a pretty good add on late. Um, and we haven't even talked that much about uh, Keontae who kind of was the, the cherry on top of, of the, of the dessert. Right. So, I don't want to give everybody a, an impression that K-State's going to walk right in and be the most gifted team in the Big 12. But I do think from from a skill standpoint, uh, they've taken a pretty good leap from last year and, and in the subsequent you know couple of years uh, behind that. This is going to be a fun team to watch grow. Um, it, it's, it's a challenge to put so many new faces together, but those guys <laughs> and how they've worked at it, you're going to – Please come and be a part of the non-con and because 
it will help develop them into even a better team as we get into into conference play. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I have my season tickets. I'll be there as well. I'll say this, the the first bonehead, the first listener who comes up and finds me during one of the non-con games, the very first one, so it won't be every game, but for that opener versus UT uh, Rio Grande Valley, I'll buy the first person to come up to me a beer if you're of age. No students trying to get me to commit a (laughs) felony right there in in Bramlage Coliseum. I will not do that, but the first of age person to come up and say hi to me at that very first non-con game, I'll buy you a beer. Um, all right. So you, you mentioned it actually, before we do have to have to pay the bills one more time, uh, Charlie hustle is also presenting this show. Hey, they have a shirt. They had a deuce Vaughn, the deuces loose shirt. Maybe we're going to have to campaign for them to get, you know, a Marquise Noel NIL shirt. Maybe Cam Carter's going to be here for a while. Let's get, let's get some of the basketball players, their own shirt with Charlie hustle, but I'm currently wearing one of their super soft fleeces and I'll be rocking my K state crew neck sweatshirt down to Fort Worth this Saturday. So come up, show me your Charlie Hustle shirt. Here's here's another one. I'm just trying to buy people beer, Wyatt. If someone walks up to me in Fort Worth rocking a K-State Charlie Hustle shirt, I will buy you guys a cold beverage for adults in Fort Worth as well. Uh, I I won't ask you to tell Gene that I would like him to uh, readdress (laughs) anything. I think... I think email or uh, tweeting into Brian and him before the ask the AD. I think Gene knows my position on that. I ask him about it. It's okay. Sure. I won't I ask you to do my dirty work, but I will ask you the next time you need a local Kansas city company with officially licensed K-State gear, check out Charlie hustle. That okay. sounds like a winner. I, I, yeah. I, I, you winner. know what? Wouldn't surprise me if you don't have to buy a couple beers this weekend, buddy. I might have to. And, and you know what? That, that's what I like to do. I, I, I love getting K-State fans at road games and I like any excuse to chat with someone. So anyone come up, chat with me. I'll, I'll buy you a couple beers if you're rocking Charlie Hustle stuff. All right. Um, we, we mentioned it. Only two of the 15 total players on the roster uh, were here last year. Curtis Kelly's the only person who was in a coaching capacity who is back from last year. And, and Coach Tang has only been here for, what, just a little over six months yeah. They're they're picked last in the Big 12, which I you know I I think it's wrong, but you understand it. They're the last team when you look at Ken Palm in the Big 12. Again, I understand it, but this is the toughest basketball league in America, um, and and I think that before it's said and done, I think there's a real chance all 10 teams are in the top 50 in the Ken Palm and net rankings and all that type of stuff. How tough is it going to be for them to come together and accomplish what I think all K-State fans are hoping? And I think there's a quiet confidence amongst K-State fans, which is getting back to dancing in March. Well, you know what? I'm not going to sell this coaching staff or these players short. Is it a lot that they're going to make it? Well, certainly not. But I do think that's the goal. And, and I love the fact that that is a goal. Uh, that should be the goal. <laughs> Simply stated, that should be the goal. So at the end of the day, I, I think you've got a very, very talented group here, um, wh- whether you're talking players or coaches, and now you put them together. And uh, let's just see what they do. I, I really honestly mean this when I say it. I, I really like the team. I like the group as a whole, coaches, players, all the way through. But we all know the challenge of the Big 12, and you said it perfectly. It, it, it is going to be very hard. But but certainly possible to do it. it it's um, you, you got to play well early, and you got to to make it. <clears throat> excuse me, to win, you got to win the majority of those really good non-conference matchups. Period. End of story. And then be five hundred or around that or better in the Big Twelve. So yes, it, it's uh, a <laughs> it's going to be a challenge, no question. Yes. All right. Here's the final four kind of fun questions. The first one, which non-con basketball game are you most looking forward to getting back to Kansas city, Wichita in our house, uh, Hinkle field house, uh, you know, in the uh, big East challenge, Florida coming to town, lots of great non-conference games. Well, I- I'm going to pick two. I hope that's okay for you. Uh, for you, you know, I'll Keon? let you pick two. Anyone yeah, else? Pete, no. You- <laughs> You're kind. I appreciate that, Scott, but I- I'll-, I'll say Florida here because you know, of their basketball tradition, like K-State's, and the Keontae Johnson thing, that, that's going to be a pretty good angle when they come to town. And you mentioned Hinkle Fieldhouse. Uh, you know, we were supposed to go there uh, the COVID year, and it didn't happen. And I was so 
frustrated by that because it's one place that I've always kind of wanted to go and see and experience. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and now I get an opportunity to do that. And I'm, I'm pumped up about that. They, I, I think they'll have a representative basketball team. I don't know that they're going to be what they've been, you know, say five years ago, but uh, that'll be a good experience. Excited for it. So this isn't one of the four, but are you going to find your way to St. Elmo's Steakhouse before or after that game? Well, I, I don't want to guarantee it, but I'm sure going to try. <laughs> I'm sure going to give it a shot. I'll say this to K-State fans, uh, that, that that Butler K-State game single ticket or single game tickets are available on the Butler website, just in case anyone wants to go to Indianapolis. I'm on the fence. I, I'm going to try to get out there because, again, that's one of the cathedrals of college basketball. I, I, I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, it's it's such a great thing, you know, and when you think about the iconic places in college basketball, there are a handful that, that certainly come to mind. But if Hinkle isn't on the list, certainly in the top 10, you might ought to start the list over. I think that much of the place. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see it. Yes, I agree with you. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to super on brand questions for uh, this show <laughs> uh, of the current K-State basketball uniforms. What is your favorite? Wow, that's really a heck of a question. Um, without giving it a whole lot of thought, uh, I'll probably say the script Wildcats. Um, I've always loved that. I, I think it's a great look. Uh, so that's that's probably my favorite. I know the there are you know several different combinations uh, that that there are some people that just love the lavender as an example. I don't know where you stand on the lavender, but absolutely that, that, love the that lavender. started way back when, when I was probably younger than you are now, uh, which, which puts it into perspective, I would say. <laughs> and, and I've always kind of enjoyed the lavender, but, but I'm still going to go with the script Wildcats, um, the, the purple on the white. I, I think that looks really cool. So th this isn't the second question, but I have to ask this since you did talk highly of the lavenders, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And I also like how it's starting to find its way into uh, some of the other sports. Soccer uh, had a mm -hmm. little lavender accent. Volleyball getting a little bit of lavender accent. Uh, baseball, a little bit of the lavender accent. I like how it's kind of uh -huh. sneaking into the other sports. But uh, when they go with the lavender jerseys, NCAA be damned, do you like the lavender shorts or do you like the classic mismatch? Well, if I'm being honest, I, I would probably say I kind of like the two tones. Uh, that, And I guess – for me personally, I, I, I like them all without a doubt, but I really enjoyed the two-tones way back in the day because it was so uniquely different that, that I don't remember another program in the country wearing anything like that. And I don't mean just the, the colors. I mean the two-tone. And, and I just thought, you know, there are a lot of things that set Kansas State apart from my perspective, and I know I'm very, very prejudiced, but uh, the two tones were, were were some of that without a doubt. All right, so the the current, I think, four or five uniform combination, or I guess, no, it's because you have the black, white, purple, lavender, two-tone, and script Wildcat. So take out the current six, so throw those away. What okay. is your all-time favorite K-State uh, basketball uniform? Wow, you are really making me work on this today, aren't you? Well, we, we love talking about the uniforms, and, and I'll, I'll say this as I let you think a little bit. Way back when, in the first year of this uh, podcast, Jason Wright, who designed all the current uh, basketball uniforms, he came on the show uh, when he was in Topeka because my former co-host and one of the co-founders of the show, Grant uh, Copeland, had a relationship with him, knew him uh, through some mutual friends. He came on the show, and we got to see a little sneak peek. I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for saying this. We got to see a little sneak peek of all the current ones as he was, uh, they were getting ready uh, to debut. And uh, man, he's a talented guy. And I, I think K-State basketball's had a lot of great uniforms over the past, you know, in my life, 30 years. Yeah, that that's why it's hard to pick one, honestly. I mean, do I want to pick the, uh, I, I, just being honest about this, I even like the ones that had the block K of the K-State. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Again, there's very few uh, that I don't like. There was a couple of the shorts that I didn't care for. Uh -huh. um, I think there's like a Chevron pattern short a, a couple of years I didn't like. But even going back, I mean, I remember popping my, you know, 
old school kind of just, you know, the classic purple Kansas State one uh, during the Woldridge years. I had a Cartier Martin jersey. I went in there. I saw us beat KU. Uh, yeah. I was popping my jersey. I, I mean, even those have a perfectly fond memory in my head as well. So, I, again, I, I love them all. Yeah, I think that's why I struggle with answering the question, because the more you talk about that, the more it, it shakes your memory a little bit on things. I, I even like the in where, where I'm located in, in uh, the uh, Shamrock Zone. If you walk out of my office and take about four steps to the right, there are all of those mascot heads there on that one wall. And that is one of the coolest things that Gene and the crew have done in my time here because it reminds you every day when you come to work of how special this is. And, and um, you know what? I, I like them all. I, 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 if, if I'm strictly just talking basketball, I would say the one with the, the, the one where Willie is holding the, the uh, pennant uh, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yep, yep, yep. I have always, and I don't know why, I have always loved that one. If if they wear, you know, basketball uniforms with with or without the pennant, just that Willie is so cool. Uh, but I have no idea what the players would think of it. <laughs> and it's certainly important at, at, at what they think. But uh, I've always loved that one. So that that one always is going to come to mind. Yeah, the, the old picture they used to show when Brad Underwood was at Oklahoma State of him playing yeah. at K-State, the picture was always him wearing the curtain, like based on the script ones, but the shorts was the Willie spinning the ball on his fingers. Correct. So th yeah. th that's that's a good one. Um, th this is not one of the questions. This is like a thumbs up, thumbs down, because it is a heated thing amongst K-State fans, especially on Twitter. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the gray basketball uniforms? Boy, uh, I generally speaking i'm i'm gonna probably say thumbs down it's not that i don't like them it's just that there are others that i like better more times than not so i guess i'll say thumbs down just based on that but but don't take that is that i don't like them. just don't do that because that would be a mistake I, I will not i will not do that to you don't okay. don't worry uh so we, we got we got two more um, and, and you don't have to elaborate on this next one if you don't want to but are alternate football helmets for football cursed well, I don't think so. I, I respect the question. Here's what I would say. It was say meant to that. in jest because we love them. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of folks who, well, when that's that, that Tulane game happened, uh, they, the people in my section, shout out to section seven, row 39 and 40. Uh, some of those folks were convinced that was the reason why we lost. So it was supposed to kind of be in jest. I get it. But, but yet, here's the thing that I think is, is important. I, do you remember seeing the social media post when when that was shown to the players in the team theater? Millions. And you saw the reaction? Millions of impressions. Oh, my gosh. Uh, unbelievable how excited they were about it. And so because of that, I am all for, you know, doing some of that. I don't think you want to overdo it necessarily. But if, if you would do an alternate like that, you know, once a football season or something and hey, it isn't just the players that love it. Think about how the fans love it. Right. I mean, that's kind of one of the cool things in sports right now. It just is. Yes. And then the final one, and you mentioned the staff's, uh, you know, social media prowess. I think Jareem Dowling is the best on social <laughs> media of the entire staff. His Instagram uh, page is amazing. And we know that the coaching staff, because of his Instagram page, loves singing karaoke. So if you were going to sing karaoke, what song would you be singing? <laughs> That's the most interesting question you've ever asked me, buddy. And I know we haven't done this a lot. This is number two. But what song would I be singing? Holy smokes. That's... Um... <laughs> You know what? You, you kind of stumped me there. I, I, the, my first reaction, and I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, a country music fan at heart, uh, mainly because of my parents. So I would probably say something that would be boring to most people. And that, that'd probably be any of the nearly 60 number one hits of George Strait. How's that? 
that works. I don't think that's boring at all. I I, I like country music. I'm not a massive yeah. music person. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I'll be listening to you, you and Mitch Fortner later on. Uh, yeah. Uh, 1350 K man, uh, every Monday you two are going at it. So I, I don't know if I'll ever get to the numbers you and Mitch have, uh, but I enjoy chatting with you, at least the frequency. I think our, <laughs> our numbers do pretty well. As well. Uh, so I, I knew you're a George Strait fan. So uh, I yeah. was, I was thinking that's the r- route you would go. Uh, fun fact, there's only one question in the history of this podcast. And, uh, we we've asked some wacky questions. The only question that has ever been refused to be answered was the karaoke question and it was coach Kleiman who did not answer it. He, he did, he did, does not like the nonsense questions from us. So he was, he was just like, no, I'm not, not, not doing not, it. Not doing that. So, wow. uh, he, and that was before he even coached the game. It, it was, we, we were right up there in uh veneer and he, he was all, he was all ball. So I, I want to shout out the sports information directors and everyone. I think it's Ryan Lackey. Let's do it. But he was he wanted to just talk ball and he did not want us to ask about you know the first date he ever went on or any right, right. anything wild like that so uh, he did not want to answer the karaoke question so maybe one day <laughs> after a win maybe on catbacker tour there you go that question in there and then you yeah. let me know what his answer was well i don't know that i would have any better luck than you would on that i think he, he likes he, you i think he likes you Wyatt. <laughs> but he uh you know I, I i love working with him uh he's done a great job um We'll work on him there. See if we can see see if we can get an answer out of that someday. Yes, someday. yes, yes. Yeah. I, you know, I I thought about like maybe during back in the era of Zoom press conferences, like tr- try to find a way in there and ask that. But then I was like, no, I, 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 I he scares me a little bit. He's he, he's not wanting it because there was even the Mason Voth. Uh, you know, I think it was at Big Twelve Media Days. I think he asked maybe it was like about chicken sandwich or something, something just kind of funny and, and jeans in the background laughing at the question. <laughs> and Chris is just like, no, and he just not, not doing it. So yeah. he, he's the best. And, and all I, one final thing, uh, the game is on Saturday. Uh, and, and I asked you this uh, football when, when we did the warm up. hey, can this team make it to Arlington sitting at the top right now, lots of tough games going. Uh, if you're just going to get one, one key to that game on Saturday, what would it be? Well, I, I think for me, K-State's got to play the kind of defense they've played all, all season long here. Um, and that means not necessarily stop, but slow down the run game. And I know we talked about that earlier. But the other part is is whether K-State is running it or throwing it. Because I think for the most part, people are going to say that they're better running it than throwing it. But I do think they can if, – if you're just going to stack eight in the box, they're going to throw the ball. But, but but be able to do some of both because when they do that, oh, it, it's really hard to get them slowed down. Yes, Iowa absolutely. State did a really nice job against them, but I think we all know Iowa State's defensively uh, very well coached yes. and playing up there was hard. That was a big time win. And I'm, I'm uh, they're, they're, this team is 3 0 in the league, 2 0 on the road in the league. And uh, I'm optimistic that they can make it three. We'll see if they can do it. Yes. All right. And then uh, any final words to any K-State fans or any of the boneheads listening uh, floor is yours, and then I'll let you get on with your Monday. Well, I guess I would just say, again, I I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. I I love talking about K-State sports and uh, very honored to be a part of this. And I I really think this is going to be a special year for K-State just for the obvious. I mean, we all love winning games, right? Uh, I'm a much more popular announcer when we're winning than when we're not. <laughs> I think everybody can figure that out. But we're having so much fun right now with this football team and and what may be on the horizon with basketball. I just hope when we get to you know April, everybody still has that same excitement and and for the future and what have you. Because man, there are some really cool things going on now at K State. Yes, well, I appreciate it. Everyone, that is the Hall of Famer, the voice of your Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. The next time we get him on, I might have to ask about a talented uh, bilingual announcer right there who's just a freshman at K-State. Uh, again, this probably could have gone for three hours, but, you know, you, you, you have your job to do. I have my job to do. So I'm going to have to get you on maybe sooner than I originally thought. Uh, thank you again for all your time, uh, your passion for K-State, and, and just your level of excellence is inspiration and someone who's listened to you for you know your entire career i always i've loved the two conversations we've been able to have well you're very kind young man i enjoy talking to you i enjoy talking about k-state and keep up the good work man but people like 
people love this kind of stuff. Look, look, we, we need more of this kind of stuff. So keep it rolling. Yes, sir. All right. That's all we have folks. Again, we will have back to our, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled uh, football content. We'll have a preview episode on Wednesday. We will have the whip around show on Thursday and we'll have a recording of the live show on Friday. So for Wyatt Thompson, this is Scott. My dog Chauncey is snoozing somewhere. So we love you guys and go cats. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea, onward Fight UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Podcast Network.